All right, welcome back to Digital Digital Get Down. What's the name of this show? Do you remember who we are? What's your name? Oh, What's man. my name? I'm Heather. And I'm Bennett. <laughs> uh, we obviously have been a little... Lax. MIA, I was going to say. Hmm. Lax bros. Um, with this podcast. But Heather, everyone's quarantined. Everyone should have infinite time to be super productive. I was just about to say, there are like two types of quarantined people, I feel like. Mm. There are the people who used to like go out all the time and be super social or have like jobs that they spent a lot of time at. Get me to the breweries! And are now like super bored and have all this extra time. They're called extroverts, yep. And then there are the people who either have children or whose jobs have gotten like a lot more stressful because of the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Either they're like essential workers or they work in the media or they're teachers or what have you. And like they have less time. Yeah. Like no time. Less time than before. Yeah. And we definitely fall into the second type where my job has gotten, I wouldn't say maybe harder, but more complicated and, and less rewarding. Yeah. Um, as a teacher doing this distance learning, plus we have a four-month-old who doesn't want to sleep. The baby plays a role, yeah. Um, and he kind of is the boss and runs our schedules during the day. Mm-hmm. So He's currently sleeping through this discussion. Yeah. I did want to say, though, that um, my takes on COVID and the quarantine will come from a place of privilege because I'm lucky that I can work my job full-time from home. Full salary still. No disruption. Really, the only thing that's changed for me is that I don't spend a half hour commuting each way. I thought you were going to say that you're forced Um, to do virtual happy hours. Yeah, that too. Um, I was going to say we're very privileged as well because we were able to purchase a home before this, which financially maybe not the best choice. Homes might be cheaper now or mortgage interest rates are better. Yeah. But anyways, we were lucky enough that we have a nice big space to be quarantined in, and we have a lot of beautiful green space. This is our first recording from this new studio? I don't think so. I think it might be. We didn't do one in March, I don't think. We didn't do one in April. You're right. Maybe it is our first one. I'll pull it up on our last Um, one. Maybe we've attempted to do a few. You know, I've set it up here, but we we never started it. You're right. but yeah, we're, we're lucky enough that we have a nice backyard and nice streets, like neighborhoods to walk around in and parks near us. And Last episode was Cheering Zombies 2 on March 2nd. So we're Yikes. almost like two months to the I date. I told you. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so we're coming at it from a very lucky place. Um, and you might think, oh, m- probably not much has changed for you since you had a baby and we're home. That right. is correct. You went from maternity leave to to quarantine. <laughs> that is correct, but that also, in some ways, has made it a little harder for me because mm-hmm. I already was kind of self isolating. When's the last a time you months? were outside the house, hon? Red Robin. That was not where <laughs> I intended to be. Like my last, the last supper. Your last supper um, was March eighth. Red Robin. Not great. So I don't think we really have any hot takes about. The quarantine? My little, like, game I was going to have us play is, uh-huh. is rank the corona entertainment. Yeah, so my biggest thing to watch has been, like, the com- complete devolution of pop culture and culture in general. Like, how quickly things went from feeling essential in your day-to-day normal life to overnight being not essential. Whether that's sports, whether that's fashion, True. whether that's military um, operations, fin- which I'm sure there are some happening, but... I finally got an email that was like, 14 ways to wear sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, not that helpful. If, if I'm going to wear sweatpants, I don't care about what it looks wearing sweatpants. If I yeah. cared about what I looked, I would not be wearing sweatpants. Anyway, so I was going to list some of the Corona entertainment that good, yeah. we've had, and I want you to like, do you want to rank them in order? Do you want to give it like a one There's to ten? There's been nothing good, so I, they're all going to be ones. Give it a one to ten. Okay. One is like, couldn't even watch it for 30 seconds. Yeah, even though I had all day. Ten yeah. is like, this is better than regular entertainment. Okay. Um, the ABC Disney sing-along. Ooh. That was, um, that was a... Th- Three, I would say. That was my vibe, too. Like, one of my biggest pet peeves in all of this, you know, I can talk about... Oh, you're going to talk about Krasinski later, I'm sure. Um, So we'll get into that. But that's a perfect beer koozie. Uh, We're drinking cider. Um, Like, my one of my biggest things that has annoyed me in all of this is bad webcams, especially Mm. for rich people. I know you talk about how 
most of the celebrities say they have the ring light or whatever yep. to like make themselves glow. Like, please give that to every celebrity. I cannot handle John Mulaney with the wired headphones talking to Stephen Colbert. Like, you have to at least pretend you're in a studio. You have to give these people at home the sense that they're not just watching you in your pajamas. Yes, like if you're on a Zoom call at work and you just want to like have bad lighting, like yeah. even with the Zoom call. Like, maybe I'm just very vain, but, like, I prop my laptop up to the right height. Yep. And then I try to have the light the, not be backlit, have the light facing me. Yes, but you're also not going on national TV. I'm saying, like, for my Zoom call <laughs> with, like, my three coworkers. Bare minimum. Bare minimum is, like, getting some decent natural light or lighting and, like, propping it to the right if height. If you go back to watch that sing-along, the high school musical one is very strange. It's none of the right people, not the right song, I don't think. I would say, like, there were certain ones in there that were very good. A few people, a few people, like... Darren tried a little too hard. Darren tried a little too hard, yeah. He's a little too bored. Yeah. Um, Ariana Grande, I liked hers. Amber Riley's was pretty good. The one where they had the cute children, whoever, their grandkids or whatever, was really cute. The Mulan guy? Donny Osmond. Yeah. Um, But yeah, some of the other ones were rough. Um... The Glee cast um, reunion <laughs> thing that was right. hosted by two like miscellaneous so gay once a week, people. Once a week, Heather puts into our calendar the the live streams of the week, whether they're they're musical artists or whatnot. Um, so I obviously rolled my eyes when it was a Glee reunion one. I would I would give it a four. It was a little bit better than the single one. It was along. more watchable than I expected. Yeah, the two gay Broadway guys who like acted like they knew every celebrity, and every celebrity had to be like, yep, we know you. And it was like kind of like an interview and kind of not. It was very strange. They were more just concerned with weird. their dog in the background. Yeah. I was only there to see Chris Colfer's like half engagement with the whole thing, which lived up to my expectation. <laughs> He, him and Jane Lynch were both like, yeah, we're basically hermits anyways. Our yeah. lives are exactly the same. Yeah. But but Jane was like willing to go into the yay glee thing. Chris was kind of like, hey guys. Yeah, remember when we used to sing? And Jane was also like, I have a big fucking house and I never yeah. leave it anyway, so I'm doing fine. Yeah. I appreciated her. Um, yeah. You've mentioned the live stream. So like the Instagram live, we've watched a few from Matt Nathanson. Fucking give up on Instagram, first of all. Like Charlie YouTube Kay. is the place to watch video just leave it at that yeah but the it's, problem ugh. is like subscriber what like people that are tuning in casually if you're on instagram it comes up with stop like the top like a story so you could just click on it and then leave okay whatever um so matt nathanson's like i want to play matt nathanson live stream bingo because you would have yeah opens up a book within the first 10 minutes um says, says he wants to quote something and then doesn't yeah quote it. says oh yeah how about i play that one i'll play it next time and that yeah. never happens um, says we're gonna do a lot of songs, but ends up only singing three songs. Talks about like how much of a mess his room is or his life is. Or, yeah. Like... Talks about against the stream meditation. Plays a song by a dead guy. <laughs> right? Cries about Prince. <laughs> I mean, that'd be the center square. Who cries about Prince. Cries about someone. He cried about Jim Blossoms this last. Night. He did cry about the Jim Blossoms. <laughs> he cried so much about Hey Josie. We love you, Matt. Um, he has, like, great music taste, supposedly, but he fucking loves Train. <laughs> I think they went on tour together for like a while, and times. he's been either brainwashed or... I'm teasing you, Matt. I appreciate you, the music. I only watched five minutes of Ben Folds. One of my greatest high school and college regrets is never seeing him live when I was obsessed with Ben Folds. Um, and I only watched ten minutes of it, but he played three songs in ten minutes, and I was like... That's how you do it. Getting down to the music. And he was taking sh- taking drinks, shots in the morning for every lyric he messed up. That That's I would fun. pay to see for most musicians. Yeah. Uh, and Charlene Kay's the other one I watched her first one. Uh-huh. I missed her second one because it was on Instagram Live only for 24 hours or Facebook Ugh. Live or something. And then I caught part of the last one she did. Hers is a much more like low yeah. budget kind of one. Like she's just kind of in her apartment. But last time she had like cool decorations and stuff up. So sure. she tried. I appreciated the effort there. Yeah, no, I mean, there is all, you know, for all I was saying about, like, celebrities need to give off the vibe that, like, this is real entertainment. At the same time, there is a certain... Intimacy? Well, uh, yeah, but I was going to say a certain, like, satisfaction in realizing that everyone is in a similar situation now. Well, a lot of people are in a similar situation where they're stuck at home. The best quote that Um, I read about it was, 
we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm in different boats. Interesting. And I really liked that like metaphor. Yeah. Saying we're in the same boat implies a level of equality that's not right. accurate, and that like makes some people, people just... are on a cruise ship. Some people, some people are on a, yacht, a rowboat. And some people yeah. on a rowboat. But I think like we're all in the same mm. storm, but that's in different so... boats. I'll give you credit for that. I liked just that. Act metaphor. like you came up with it. Um, my other big takeaway from online streaming is that. I'm happy with my kitchen. I assumed seeing all these other people's kitchens, I'd be Tom super Hanks, jealous. I'm very upset about Tom Hanks's kitchen from that. Was I? From the SNL one? Yeah. Wait, you never ranked the Instagram live concerts one to ten. Oh, so Matt Nathanson's are like no, just in general. Oh, in general, I would say a step up from Glee, so a five. five. Like I could give or, give or take. Yeah, take like, or leave. If, like if we're bored and there's, bored and there's nothing on TV, we'll yeah, turn it on. There's but nothing on TV. Like, yeah, we're not gonna. Hmm plan our day around it necessarily yeah. um what else snl la, snl from home watched one ish i think i watched the full first one and bits of the second one i would say it's a uh, four back down to a four probably is it that much worse than snl real though um i i appreciate that they're like oh the best thing we do is commercials and they're like jamming it in with fake commercials because that's like really all snl can do now in the post um Lonely Island. I've been impressed era, with I would some say. of them too. I mean, we all know that I would just watch Aidy Bryan and Kate McKinnon yeah. with a special guest. That other the new other new girl, girl is good too. She yeah. did that one with the, the Airbnb the one Airbnb, was pretty funny. Yeah. That I was impressed. No, I give some credit to the people. people who are like the actors who are like do. yeah, they're getting their costume sent. They're like coming up with creative video things. editing. I'm sure yeah. they don't do all their own editing, but no. still, um, weekend updates have been abysmal though. Yeah, um, the Parks and Rec special. Um, I would give it. What was the... A 10 was I'd watch it over anything else in a normal situation? The 10 was like you would choose it over normal entertainment. I'm not super nostalgic and I'm anti-bringing shit back just for the sake of it. So I'd give it a 7 probably. Okay. I was going to say Much a 6 better. I was like, I had very low expectations. Uh, and in terms of editing and all that stuff we were talking about and like production quality, like thank you... Mike Schur and team whoever was involved. And I also Thank think you. they just did it correctly. They did not actually try to do like a new episode per se. No. They did like a bit with it, like an extended Correct. It was bit. in COVID, yeah. They they just rolled with it. Yeah, and made it canon according to Mike Schur. Okay. I've it's never in once in my fucking life cared if something canon. was canon or not. Um, I, would, I want that on my gravestone. Did not give a shit about if something was canon or okay. not. The last one I'm talking That was not Joel Calamezzo though, correct? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Joan or Joel? Yeah, whatever. Um, the last one, Radio Faux Fest. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, first of all, like, I assume across the country, but at least in the Twin Cities, the, the DJs are broadcasting from home, which I think is a pretty cool, like, modern-day thing. The fact mm-hmm. that a radio DJ can work from home, like, that kind of boggles my mind. Um... And yeah, we had the radio on from one of our nature walks uh, on our ride home the other weekend. And I was like, I swear they just played two... Um, Mumford or Bastille? It was Bastille. Bastille first, right. Two Bastille songs in a row. I was like, oh, maybe it's one of those weekends when they do double play or whatever. And then Mumford and Sons comes on two straight songs. I'm no, like, three songs. Three so- No, two songs. And then they took the break. And then, yeah. they, then I was like, yeah, explain what's going on. And so they have, like, fake they fan noise. They did not explain what was going on. No. So they have, like, fake fan noise in the background. They're like, oh, we're here at Faux Fest. Mumford and Sons is rocking the main They're stage. They're going to come off the, the stage and we're going to have an interview Wow. With so them. they were having a pretend music festival just as an excuse to play multiple songs by multiple by the same artist. Like, people voted on the lineup. They had an actual lineup and fake yeah. posters and, like, listeners like voted on the lineups like really creative in like the saddest possible way yeah i mean i think it would have been better that will linger with that will linger with if they just didn't pretend that it was like if they didn't do we're gonna be interviewing we're having a radio we're trying out this new radio thing where we play we don't have everything on shuffle we play a couple songs from the same album and like songs that you don't always hear like i appreciated that aspect but but like the the faking the faux part of it was was that was that was tough to listen to give that a one or two i'll give it a two yeah okay do we want to do newses i don't know that like i think everyone's kind of newsed out i only have one i only have one like recent thing slash news which was one of the last things i watched in our old house before everything happened 
<clears throat> which was an HBO short film called Seven Days in Hell, which I made you watch. You did? It was that tennis one, which is oh, one of God, the weirdest yes. but also funniest things I've ever seen. It was from like nine years ago or something. I had never heard of it. I was just scrolling through HBO because there was nothing else on. And I was like, there's a fake tennis documentary? Like, that is right up my alley. Yeah. Um... And they got like real. This was Andy Samberg. Real tennis people. Oh right, right. It was Samberg and uh, John Snow. Yeah. And a lot of dicks, a lot of stars. Serena was involved. McEnroe was involved. Um, It's bizarre. It's like forty minutes. And it was almost a, a, a mockumentary, and then there was a whole thing about dicks. A huge segment about dicks. Yeah. Like, that's where, like, they went a little off the rails for Yeah, me. no. That's where it like, turned into, like, a, a Lonely Island SNL sketch. Skit, yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say we could just do maybe an update of what we've been, like, watching or reading. Yeah. Um, yes, I would like to do that. Okay. I would like to participate in this segment. Um, so I think instead of news, because everyone's, I think, is a bit news My down. only other news that I wrote was Sam Smith, Rock Your Bod. That was one of the other things we okay. watched a long time ago. Yeah, I have a lot of old newses that's why I'm partially saying. Kids baking championship, any hot takes? Wow. So long ago. Um, other things we've been watching, One Day at a Time is back. Yeah, I think, we, I think we just reached the half season finale or something, but good to be um, back. Good to have it back. Except the theme song. Yeah, One no, of the pop. better theme oh, songs. Man. You're a big theme song connoisseur, I feel like. Oh, third host is here. And... Um, it's every time it's one day at a time and then I get ready to oh, sing man. and then it just cuts and goes to the credits. Yeah, like 20 seconds isn't going to make or break this advertising budget, man. I also always think that when it goes pop, an original series, I assume it's Shit's Creek because I watched way too much Shit's Creek in a you row. You did. We're still working our way through season four, maybe? I think so. I hope we're getting close to seeing some of the new stuff before I get too spoiled. Yeah. Um, I watched the thing about Harry. Uh-huh. It's like a, a gay new adult kind of rom-com. It was meant to be kind of like the Harry and Sally kind of thing where they're sure. friends and it goes over like a certain, um, like it goes over time periods. Like you see them every year on the same day. Mm. Um, and I appreciated like a gay... Like that book every day? Kind of. <laughs> I appreciated like a, a gay rom-com. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was on Freeform too. So it was like fairly yeah. mainstream. But it wasn't that great. It was oh, it was okay. like a Freeform original? Yeah. Got it. But it was just okay. Can I give my my recent things? Sure. I'll do a quick five-minute um, The Last Dance summary. Watch through episodes one through four. This is the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls 10-part uh, documentary that was... Ten parts? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I thought the it was joke like that I heard on my po- podcast the other day was that it's uh, one more episode than Ken Burns needed to give the entire history of the Civil War. <laughs> This is for one season like of NBA basketball. Of Man, one season yeah. of one team. Correct. I thought it was just about Michael Jordan, and I was very confused. Episodes two and three, while we were talking about Scottie Pippen, yeah. and um, the guy with the hair, Rodman, Robin, Dennis yeah. Rodman. So yeah, the the, uh, the release was moved and up. And the short guy I don't like. Uh, uh, Steve Kerr? You don't the like GM. Steve Kerr? Oh, Krause. Yeah, he's dead, so you can't speak ill of the dead. But anyways. Whatever. The whole, the whole oh. series is built to speak ill of the dead, but anyways. Um, so the series got moved up because ESPN obviously has nothing to do. We we accidentally watched that Drew Bledsoe documentary, which had no commercials, which was another really sad Such thing that scarred me from this, was Drew Bledsoe drinking wine with no commercials. Um, so I don't think this documentary was needed. I found parts of it interesting because the season they're talking about is 97, 98, when I would have been 9 and 10 years old. Um, so I remember watching the playoffs and watching Michael Jordan in the playoffs, um, but I certainly didn't know anything about the the drama going on in the background. The drama, which makes no sense. Why would you, as a GM, say at the end of the season I'm going to break up the team and fire the coach? Like, even if that's your plan, just keep it to yourself. Even if it's just for publicity. That, there's no nobody wins in that. And we, I, one of my coworkers is a. Chicago and yeah. who lived in Chicago during that time I think yeah. and he had a lot of hot takes about yeah. what it was really like and yes that he did really do them wrong and oh, about yeah. some of the players and it was interesting to hear it from someone who was like right in it compared to this like documentary view of it the only thing I really liked from the first couple episodes was seeing young Jordan because he was a freaking stud first of all yeah way better looking back oh my day God. than what I remember um I love this like accent too um 
So yeah, they had the entire episode about Scottie Pippen, which I was just like shaking my head through the whole thing. Like the episode should have just been called, did Scottie Pippen not have an agent? Because it's all about Scottie's terrible financial decisions and then how he whined about it afterwards that he signed this contract that even the guy who was offering him the contract said, you probably should not sign this. It's not a good deal for you. And he signed it just so that he could have some job security and financial security. And then you flash forward to the 97-98 season, and he drags out an injury to not get surgery until the season starts so that he can purposely miss time to stick it to the Bulls. Then they say, then he says he demands a trade. Then they say, okay, we'll trade you. Then he says, I'm going to play because they're going to find me if I don't play. And then when they do start to trade him a couple seasons later, then he's like, I'm so mad that you want to trade me that I demand to be traded. Right. You know, he was holding... Yeah, it was bizarre. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's going to end up being a Jordan Puff piece for sure from the way he tells the story about all my teammates were doing cocaine and hanging out with prostitutes. Like, let me see those watery eyes again. But I, I closed the door and I was not into that. Um, just like Michael Vick just bought dogs for fun on his farm. Yeah, man. Did you ever um, watch the rest of that one? No, no. I stood by my stance not to, not to watch the rest. So that's my visual medium, and then I gotta talk about Slaughterhouse Five. Wait, can I talk about one Go more ahead. TV yeah. thing? Uh, we've also been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I just wanted to say that I've been very—I was very impressed with their infertility episode. Yeah, I feel like it's one of—I feel like it's one of like the first pieces of kind of pop culture that, or like mainstream pop culture that is handled infertility in like a realistic way yeah um, i feel like there's a lot of movies about like sad infertile people but not much about like the the, the struggle when you're in it the, yeah exactly and there's a lot i feel like there's a lot of more things about maybe ivf or things like that but this yeah. was just like you're trying and you're trying and it's not working and we experienced some of that for sure mm -hmm. and it like I you're know, here now, third house. We got a very happy ending out of it, and got the most perfect, beautiful baby that we could have ever wished for. Um, but it is really hard when you're in the middle of it, and you know I do know people that it's not ended so happily for. But I thought the show did a very good job of portraying that early to middle stage of like you're trying and then you're not working and people give you bad advice and you try all these different things and the vitamins and yeah and the planning. so many vitamins so many for vitamins. you but so many and like planning on the calendar yeah, yeah buddy but we got you um so yeah i'm talking just, about captain hole and amy and their baby <laughs> spoilers um i just wanted to like show really him, jumped the shark. Give him a shout out that I thought it was a really well done episode of yeah. Infertility. It was also a very clever time jump. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I thought they did a good job with that. Um, so I did. I did want to talk about books as well. Yeah. Um, my one good news that did not go bad <laughs> since I wrote it down. <laughs> not soured. Was um. We fucking talk about sourdough too sometimes. That our library. Our library actually has a good app now. Uh huh. Not that I've been going to the library, but one of my biggest complaints previously was our library website was just so, so, so bad. Yeah. And now they actually have like a good mobile friendly website. Okay. Um, we read some bad books the last time we were about to podcast. I read this book called Meet Cute. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful. Would not recommend. And you read Evie read? Drake. Oh man, Evie Drake is so bad. We at the same time both wrote very That's bad, right. like contemporary. We didn't talk about it on the podcast. No, I don't think so. I wrote it down. I think it was right after we did the last podcast. Yeah, I mean, the Evie Drake issue for me was partially my fault. Well, partially a marketing issue. It's not upfront that it's just a, a typical romance, which it should be, where it's like a female lead uh, has a beautiful guy dropped at her doorstep and has to deal with a tiny bit of trauma in order to yeah. get him in her bed. Self-made drama. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was just abysmal. Um, but I felt a little bit of pressure from the quarantine police online to like go through the book bookshelf the and read some books. The Project? Yeah. Is that what it's called online? Yeah. <clears throat> So I picked up Slaughterhouse-Five because, in general, I'm a Kurt Vonnegut fan. I loved Cat's Cradle. I have a very positive review of it. Player Piano. On Book Digits. I remember that school. from high school. I really like that. 
I thought of a great book idea um, the other day, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that's Galapagos by Kurt Vonnegut. Never mind. I swear I own that. <laughs> um, Is that a green cover here? Yeah, for turtles, me. obviously. Um, but I've never read Slaughterhouse-Five. I've owned it for probably 15 years. I think I read that one. That was my junior essay, wasn't it? I remember, yeah. I remember starting it and getting through half of chapter one and giving up. And if it, you made it through Catch-22, I find that one a lot less readable or a lot longer than Slaughterhouse-Five. Well, certainly longer, yeah. So I ended up liking Catch-22 better than Slaughterhouse-Five. Shocking to me. Which I never thought would be the case, um, but that's how it happened. And... Uh, I managed to get through chapter one. I read Slaughterhouse Five in a couple of days, uh, and I was just—I think it's probably a situation where I've heard it be called like a true, true classic. So I did have high expectations of just to have comic. my mind blown, but I didn't think it was particularly well executed, and I wasn't sure the the moral and the kind of politics of the book were really forceful enough to make a point um it's not my favorite vonnegut the i don't know why you ever thought you would like it because it has very yeah. weird time travel like plot points right it basically has devices, the, it basically has the time uh, approach of arrival in that sure. there's well, a system of beings that explain that time is not linear and you can jump back and forth and you have to think about it as a whole thing and not individual chronological events. That's the essay I wrote about it, I believe, was like fatalism versus free will. Yeah. Or determinism versus free will in in um, this type of literature. I don't know yeah. what you would call it, but sat satirical literature, maybe. Yeah, I and, don't know. Um, this was one of my books that I read for, and I read Galapagos um, and the other one. Uh, Cat's Cradle. Cat's Cradle, yeah. Um, so I did, like, the themes of, of fatalism or determinism in Kurt Vonnegut novels, maybe? Sure. Um, so, yeah, this one had a very strong anti-free will correct. approach. which, But I just never got whether that was what Vonnegut believed or he was presenting it as, like, one as school satire. of thought. Yeah. Yeah, but I was really amped up to read it because I was really interested in it being an anti-war novel. Uh, and I did not feel like it delivered on that. One of the last chapters where it talks about the events of Dresden, which I fully admit I'm not a World War II scholar. If you had said the word Dresden to me, I would probably not have known anything about it before reading this book. The Dresden Files, what are those? Yeah, I think that's a bad book series or a okay. TV series. But So Dresden is apparently a, a site in Germany where the Americans bombed civilians and claimed it was because it was a, a necessary... A place to attack, and it was actually more deadly probably than the the bombs dropped on Japan. I mean, they're still doing that, today. and it's just glossed over in history. They still do that, like literally now, like yeah. in the Middle East. That's what they do. And they apparently, Kurt Vonnegut in real life was in Dresden during that time as a prisoner of war, I believe. So it's a it's a very autobiographical story, but <clears throat> I didn't really feel like it was an anti-war novel, to to be honest. Um, the main character's underground when the bombing happens and he does go above ground and he sees the destruction and he sees kind of like the the ludicrousness nature of war um but the character himself billy pilgrim is like only really vaguely attached to the army like he's not actually in any of the battles he's always on the periphery i think that's the point i know but i just it wasn't what i was expecting in terms of it being an anti-war novel it wasn't it wasn't, um, like, forceful enough for me. Okay. Which is interesting, because Vonnegut can sometimes be too... Yeah. I don't know. Um, I also have to talk about Parasite, I just remember, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to say that I've finally given in, and I'm reading the overstory. Yay! Uh, I reread that to start, to start spring off on a good I don't want to talk about it too much, because I think we'll talk about it on another episode. Full but episode. I, working on that and I've kind of like reluctantly gotten into audiobooks yeah mostly, you've changed mostly out of necessity changed you. mostly out of necessity from our very distractible baby whom I have to feed for hours a day yeah um I got some very crappy wireless headphones that have been <laughs> a little bit of a source of annoyance that I probably should have known better 
but I listened to a full audiobook. That was the only book I finished last month, I realized. Um, and I have another one that I've just started. So I've just started The Bride Test because it's Asian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Um, and I happen to have The Bride Test. I think I have it both on Kindle and on audiobook. So we're going to see how far I get with the audiobook. And if I get too bored with it, I'll try and sync to my Kindle. And we urge our audience members to log on to bookdigits.com to see how far, how comically far behind... Heather and I are on our reading, our reading goals. goals for yeah, this year. mine's pretty bad. Okay, so seeing I finished one book last month, <laughs> and mine's pretty bad. And you're reading a 900-page book now too. Yeah. All right, so I'll do a sparse uh, five minutes on Parasite. Yeah, I think I I watched a little bit of it, partially because you got scared at one point and didn't want me to leave. Me? A little bit at night. Yeah. You yeah. You were you assumed it was going to turn into like a full-blown horror movie. Yeah, I didn't watch enough of it to do a full. Um, to do a full like episode True, on yeah. it but I forgot um, we have the podcast where we talk about these things yeah um <laughs> but i i had read a synopsis of it you were like angry that i read a synopsis of it because everything you heard so like don't read don't anything. read it yeah um i had read a synopsis of it it, it was basically correct but like it yeah, left out don't, a lot of the nuance the synopsis was basically like this family like invades, tricks their way yeah. into taking care of an upper class family and then it just skips to all of the uh Spoilers. Skips yeah. to all of like the murder and chaos at the oh, end. Oh, it's a full synopsis. Full synopsis. Got yeah. it. Not yeah, like no, a... I just didn't get the. I mean, the hype is one thing, right? It's one best picture. Okay, there's been yeah. a lot of best picture bad movies. It was a very interesting movie. It was mildly interesting. Like, um, sorry, interesting is the wrong word. Like, I guess unique is more of what I'm thinking. It didn't yeah. quite have the same beats as a lot of like American movies, and it True. wasn't a strict thriller or a strict class movie or yeah it was a domestic thriller at the end of the day so the big things i had heard was don't read it (laughs) yeah is that how you feel third host um was don't read anything about it going in and it's genre bending which again if you knew the basic premise i didn't feel like that would have ruined anything about it and like there weren't any huge huge twists in like the first two-thirds uh, or, yeah, no, I guess there was halfway I through. I think, like, the um, full synopsis would have ruined it because, like, oh, yeah. did you know that, like, some, like, people were going to die? Mm, I assumed so, but I didn't know like, who was going to die, no. Yeah, like, I, I, no, no. watching the parts that I watched with you, uh, I watched the ending, but I also watched kind of the middle mm, bit. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I watched, like, the middle and then skipped some and then watched the end. Correct. Um, so watching the middle. You were middle, there then during the rain scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Watching the middle, I don't know that I would have like assumed the people that died were the people that died right um I hear that but yeah I, I didn't feel super genre bending to me like I had heard oh it's like it switches genre like every 20 minutes and like you'll it'll just amaze you and like yeah there were some funny bits and there were some like very brief romantic I w- bits I wouldn't but say it switched genres I would say it combined no. a lot of genres yeah. or kind of transcended genre if okay. you're gonna talk about it that way um the only movie I can compare it to is Us. It was better than Us. And it was better than Us. For sure. Trying, we, I think, trying to get to the same point. I have no idea what Jordan Peele was honestly trying to say. But... The more I read about what Us was supposed to yeah. be, the less I like the movie. Yeah. But, but a couple of my nitpick thi- nitpicky things about Parasite are, as I think you pointed out, like, weren't they getting paid for these jobs that they trick their way into i guess i think that's the point is that like even if they're getting paid the the gap the wealth gap is like insurmountable right but so the movie starts and the family is dirt poor they are searching for free wi-fi is how the movie opens in their like literal shithole of an apartment like it's at the end of an alley a half basement and it's just used as a urinal pretty much for people um and yes they they are able to use their skills which apparently have not you know, translated to uh, a job yet, or they've fell on such hard times that they they have to resort to trickery to get any sort of gainful employment. Okay, it is interesting to see how they uh, kind of smuggle their way into this family's life. Some of the uh, anecdotes are a little bit more uh, realistic than others, like the one that revolves around the housekeeper's uh, peach allergy is a bit far-fetched for me. And also a little bit, the word I can't say. Deus ex machina. 
in terms of like they needed that plot device a couple Correct. different times. Yes. Yeah, it's a very clever movie. It's very well paced is the other thing I heard about it. That part is very true. Uh, and there are very like very brief small things that are thrown in and then come back. The acting is exquisite. Exquisite. Um, you know, the, the subtitles didn't bother me at all. I didn't even notice the subtitles, honestly. Yeah. But... But that's probably because we have the subtitles on for English movies, too, most of the time. It's true. But, yeah, for me, I think it was almost too well-paced because they get these four jobs, and then, like, the first weekend after they're all employed is the rainstorm, the camping trip, when everything twists. Yeah. And I would have thought they'd been working there for months, but because that's where I jumped no, in. Yeah. And I honestly ended the movie thinking... If they had stuck with those four jobs for a month, two months, six months, they could have gotten out of that apartment, I assume. I don't know or, the entire economic situation in South Korea. Or pulled off a better con and just stole some of their expensive shit. Yeah. Like, and instead, what happens is they almost get caught. You know, they were drinking all the rich people's stuff. They were eating all their food. They made a mess of their house. Like, they... I sound like a rich, white, entitled person when I say, like, they weren't respecting these people's things. I don't really care about their respecting the things. I just, if you're gonna, if you're gonna steal some of their shit, don't steal their booze. Yeah. Like, like, be... Find the safe. Be good servants until (laughs) you... that, yeah. Until, until you can... If you're gonna pull off a con, pull off a longer con. Yeah. Like, like, wait it out longer until you know more of their secrets or until you have a better plan of like ways to actually get rich off of them. Right. Not and they just, just present it. The them. director presents the rich family as like, they're oblivious to the, the lower classes, which I get is part of the point, but and they're like, also like very harmless people on the face of it. On the face of it. The, I agreed with that until that last scene uh-huh. and some of the, I don't want to spoil it because it's yeah, like the big no, scene of the movie, but until like the climactic scene of the movie, that's when it took a turn for me of like, okay, you actually are kind of shitty. Like you are kind of, entitled to a, a level that's problematic they assume their servants will always be in servitude to them and they have no other no, like no matter life. the situation yeah. um but yeah it was another thing similar i guess my crossover here with slaughterhouse five where i was like slaughterhouse five is an anti-war novel okay uh parasite is about a class you know classism right and i get that on the surface but i didn't feel like the politics like the we're, plot and the politics matched up well enough. Face enough yeah yeah. So those are my hot takes. We haven't even right. gotten to our big events. We have not, but I think that was more succinct, uh, more cohesive than I expected yeah, for our I think so. Corona update. Right. So, so we have some not very many books stored up that we both read, but we have some. <laughs> we got a sleepy funny. boy over here. We have some TV and. TV series and movies kind of saved up. Yeah. But in lieu of the fake not oh. holiday holiday this week, um, we are going to. She's talking about May 4th. The 4th, May the 4th, 4th of May. We are going to talk about two different Star Wars universe uh, media. Media. Things. I'm just so media grateful things. that. That's the best you could come up with. No one in my circle has forced the. Insync Justin Timberlake may meme on me. That was like one of the things that cemented my hate of memes is that one, which is just like so so dumb. I only saw it a few times this year. I think our situation kind of transcends yeah. dumb memes to some extent. Um, the same way there was like hardly any April Fool's jokes. Yeah, true. Um, so we are going to talk about the rise of S- Skywalker and the Mandalorian. Woohoo! And we are going to pretend that we saved them for May 4th, and it's not because we're months behind on consuming <laughs> media because of our little baby. Okay, so which order do we do them in? We watched the Mandalorian first, and I guess that's kind of a an intro to the main event? I don't know. I'm going to let you pick, honey. Let's talk about the Mandalorian first, which I just call Bad Witcher in Space would be my, my label for it. I think we watched this pretty much right after we finished Witcher. We did. And I was like... Space Witcher. Space Witcher, yeah. I was like, wow, it's trying to hit all the same notes. It's not doing it as well. Um, So, yeah. I did not particularly enjoy the Mandalorian in case you can't tell. We should we should preface this by saying that neither of us have really ever watched any extended universe Star Wars Wait, is it in canon? Wait, I don't give a shit. Um... (laughs) I'm going to make a t-shirt. The front will say, is it canon? And the back will say, who cares? <laughs> um, 
But no, we don't we read any of the like, novels. We never we watched the Clone Wars, which no, people love. Never played the video games. So we are very much like um, just the mainstream Star Wars. The nine, yeah. And as you probably know on this podcast, I like have the nostalgia for the original Star Wars. Yeah. You don't care. No, I don't. Um, but I would say neither of us were particularly impressed by The Mandalorian. Um, no. My biggest problem with it is that one of my like pet peeves about the TV industry now yeah. is TV shows that could or should have been movies. Yes. And this one, like I have in all caps, it's a movie. Right. It should have been like one of the alternate year Star Wars ones like they did with... Uh, Rogue, Rogue One. That one, yeah. Yeah, and I never Solo even saw... And stuff. Yeah, Solo, but... Um, I like have in all caps in my notes. It's a movie. Yeah, the if episodal had, episodic thing did not work here. No, and it seems like they added dumb, unnecessary episodes for the purpose of making it long enough for a TV show. Yeah, that whole like Ocean's Eleven. Oh one yeah, was just awful, and it added. Oh, nothing. I forgot about that one. Yes, that was the one that reminded me of the terrible. Ironically, the Stranger Things uh, posters on the TV right now. That terrible one when Eleven goes to meet yes. her other superhero people. This one was like, yeah, let's I get a random it, band of people together. I called and, it Bad Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and Dumb Ocean's Eleven. Wow, I completely blocked that out. Um, so that was one of my biggest pet peeves. The other pet peeves was the really bad um, captioning. Every single time it said the child coos. Yeah, thank you. Right on cue. Yeah, I was I was ready for Baby Yoda to be absolutely adorable because that's all the internet talked about yeah. for like that two month period. He was fine. I was waiting for him to start talking because that's kind of Yoda's thing. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was interesting that he was an important character without ever speaking a word. But yeah, his cuteness did not like blow me away. Was not like enough the to sustain. Was yeah. Um, what a, what a a quaint time that was before all the COVID Seriously. stuff that people were just obsessed with Baby Yoda. Um, I do think Child a lot of coos. I do think a lot of it was a lot of our feelings for it were kind of like colored by The Witcher though. I yeah. wrote um, there's more Igni in this show than an actual Witcher the yeah. Sufi show and there's more Witcher senses. True. It like did a better job of like, <laughs> the, some of the Witcher special effects than yeah. Witcher actually did. That's true. But overall, it failed at the episodic timeline. Yeah. It also failed to make me care about him. Like you can't have a character that has no voice and inflect- vocal inflections, yeah. and you don't see their face. I understand that's part of the challenge, just to get you to care about a character like that. But it failed for me. I, I lost care. any interest in the Mando himself in like episode one or two, when he like murdered all those sand people. Like he obliterated them when he just wanted to like get past them or something. Like he used violence, which I know is like his guild thing or whatever. But like, talk about like like an anti-war thing like was, he was just a killer I think that killer. was the point is that like later on in the episode he doesn't want to kill in the series he doesn't yeah. want to kill for anyone that's supposed yeah. to be the character development nah. but I didn't care enough about the character to have it develop no. and I also so, didn't buy some of the other character development like that girl yeah. who all of a sudden is like his ride or die yeah. when she like didn't care about him an episode before and like some cliffhangers that never nothing ever happened with them yeah that one like, episode like that Asian girl yeah, yeah. that like was dead but wasn't dead and then yeah. I, I don't know. Um, so this only exists because everyone's obsessed with Bobo Fett, and Bobo Fett was a Mandalorian? I guess. Why did I write down Taika Waititi? Was he in it? No idea. Did yeah, he... he did he direct Direct it? one of the episodes, I think? Yeah. I don't know. Um, the only part I actually cared about was when they were getting out of the the river. That one episode was actually yeah. kind of interesting. But that villain was also terrible, too. Yeah. The, the black guy with his own little ship, and then... Uh, he like kill, wants to, kills half of his own people for no reason. Yeah, I don't know. Also, like, I'm so done with people's obsession about stormtroopers. How they can't shoot. Right. Like this was a big one where they're like, we're gonna do all these wink, wink, nod, nods yeah. to like all these things people have noticed about stormtroopers elsewhere. Like one of the things I really liked about the Force Awakens—that's what it was called—was the like the only good part about Finn is the intro to Finn. Yeah. Which is where you're like, holy shit! Like a stormtrooper could be like a real person, could have like a second thought again, could look at the horrors of war and be like, this needs to change. Um, And like that was an interesting thing to do with stormtroopers. They don't need to be like 
a source of comedy. They don't need to be like they're meant to be background. You don't need to soldiers. show us that they're bad, and you don't need to show us that they're bad at shooting. Yeah, like it's fine. Um, I don't really have that much more to say about the Mandalorian. Yeah, except that I can't believe they're doing like just as many episodes that the Mandalorian was about the making of the Mandalorian. Yeah, that was hilarious. Are you fucking kidding me? That sounds like an Onion article. Yeah. Um, it would honestly probably be more interesting than the actual show based on possibly. how I the show. But right, everyone was like, Favreau did such an amazing job with it. It's like, Favreau I, peaked at Elf, I'm going to say it. Oh, shit. She said it. Yeah, I don't really have that much more to say. No, that's it. I, My favorite point of The Mandalorian was when I would turn it on and be like, oh, it's only 36 minutes today. Like, I was assuming it was an hour-long show, and they were all random times, which is that another another, weird another evidence that it needs to it be, a be a movie. It be a movie, yeah. If you can't edit it down, like, to tell a cohesive story. Um, so, yeah, I think this, like, this is not golden age of TV. This is, there was a serious, quiet time. Or there was a movie that no studio wanted to release as a movie because yeah. there was already too many Star Wars movies coming out and they were like, yeah. we'll make it a TV show. Just make it a made-for-TV movie. Can we bring... Like, they're starting to bring those right. back, like, on Netflix. Sure. Like, I was going to talk about... Mention this one later, but that, like, extraction one that had piqued my interest because of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. It's, like, looks like a blockbuster movie, but it's, like, direct to Netflix. And you I know, that's, like, a meme now I saw online. They're like, how do you know when an actor needs money? When they have four movies on Netflix that you've never heard of. Who cares, though? Like, yeah. why don't we... It's, they're all crap, probably. But I'd rather just have it be a movie than try to force a, TV, okay. a show like Mandalorian into... Fair enough. It would have been more enjoyable as a two-hour movie. Possibly. Would it need couldn't this... have been less enjoyable. If I had seen that in a theater, I would have not had any idea what anyone was saying. No, I'm saying a Netflix movie. Make it... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if you gotcha. were going to release it on gotcha. whatever streaming service it yeah. was on. Was it Disney Plus? I have spoken. Yeah, just make that guy too. We got the worst out. <laughs> he was the only character I cared about. Oh yeah, ending. I forgot about the last episodes when like they made such dumb decisions. Yes, every decision was stupid. Oh my god. Uh, uh, um, yeah, we're not a fan of that. Feel free to like tell us what we were supposed to get out of yeah. it and send us some fan mail or or uh, hate, hate mail. mail flames. All right, let's, let's talk about wow. So it was your birthday weekend, and we were supposed to see Anastasia. Broadway Across America. Yes. Which got postponed. Till December. Um, and so you said one of the things you wanted to do was maybe watch some newer movies. We still never watched Little Women. That's no. another one I'd like to watch sometime. So you said, let's watch Star Wars sometime. You were sad in December that host number three here was born and stopped you from seeing Star Wars. I was sad that he was born. Uh, I was just sad that the, timing, the timing of Star Wars... This time, yeah. The timing of the movie release was right. not convenient for my uterus. So I said, it's your birthday, babe. I'll do whatever. But then I went on and I saw that it was on sale for $19.99 to like, own this movie. And I was like, nuts. could you wait six business days, do you think? And you said, sure. So we ended up renting it for, I think, $4.99 in HD. And that was coming on Disney Plus, like, tomorrow. Yeah, but look, hey, we we can do a podcast now. We're right on the pulse of all um, yeah. the pulse of pop culture for once. <laughs> so this is not a good movie. It was not a good movie. Um, I loved The Force Awakens. You yeah. liked it enough to for us to buy like a to watch it multiple robot. times. Yeah, and watched and loved BB-8. Yeah. Um, the the second one, whatever, The Last Jedi. Yeah. Meh. It was like fine. But it's I don't. The reason I know I don't like it. Is because I don't watch it on TV when it's on. Correct. I like there are certain parts of it that I still really enjoy. That fight scene where Ray, oh, yeah. they take on the knights and they yeah. kill um, Snoke. Scene. Fucking amazing choreographed yeah. fight scene. Like it gets me every time. Yeah. Some of the Luke stuff is kind of interesting. The ending where they're like in the sand people and yeah. Luke does his thing. Like yeah, yeah. there are certain parts of that movie that are excellent, but as a movie as a whole to just like pop it on TV. Like, I feel like sometime we should go back and listen to that podcast because I remember us just being like baffled by that movie. Me especially by the beginning with like where I did not think the tone was right. Yeah. Um anyways. So this one was uh more Star Warsy but worse as a movie I would say compared to The Last Jedi. You remember back when we talked about His Dark Materials, which was a terrible show? Yeah. And I said, to me, this is how the book always feels. And we differed on that. Yeah. To me, this movie 
Rise of Skywalker felt like a normal Star Wars movie to me. That's what I mean. It, it, it had all of the same issues that I would have in a normal one, and it had all the shortcomings and all the the things I don't like about the other ones. Like, it didn't stand out to me as, like, an abysmal one. It, uh... Maybe just because The Force Awakens, I thought, uh-huh. took a lot of the good nostalgic right. things about Star Wars and, and injected it with some fresh fresh characters right. and some fresh takes yeah. and this one felt the opposite yeah this one that. felt like it took some of like the bad tropey stuff about star wars mm-hmm. and didn't rise above it yeah that's a good way to put it so i mean i feel like a lot of the complaints i heard about this movie was looking at it as a trilogy and, and this was the all least the talk, cohesive trilogy yeah all the talk about how the directors changed and how they walked back was everyone's favorite word. And I see how that's true in like some of the characters, like the Rose one especially. Um, and Ray. You don't see how that's true about Ray. What did it walk back? I felt like a lot of the, a lot of people felt like the point of the second movie was that like anyone can oh, be a yeah, hero. Yeah. And then it's like, just kidding, you gotta be related to someone We from had to have a trilogy. twist. Yeah, yeah. I just felt like that they they had plenty of villains, and they just tossed them all to the, to the side to bring back a big bad from, yeah. from Palpatine. Who I, yeah, I could not have named him. You didn't even know, know he was a no person. No idea. I don't know if I could have named him if I hadn't read some spoilers <laughs> about it. Um, I would have just called him the Emperor, probably, yeah. and not remembered his actual name. But yeah, for me, I just look at this movie as a self-contained uh, work of fiction, and it's just so flawed. Um, when you attach it to the to the greater trilogy, it's just as flawed though, because yeah. coming from the the Last Jedi, where like the one thing you could say about it is that it didn't feel like a typical Star Wars movie with all of its tropes. It did not. Yeah. And then falling back to the next movie being like overcompensating and being like overly Star Wars tropey. Yeah. I think maybe that's where it also. But if suffered. I now we only watched this movie like a couple weeks ago. If yeah. I asked you to recount what the central mission was. Would you be able to, to find the dark islands to stop the emperor from killing all the planets? Uh, there was but a you had wayfinder. To find the thing there... to find the island to find the emperor. And there was a dagger with an inscription, like to, to find the dagger to find the waypoints to find the island. Yeah, it's only feel like one of those games where you're like, I brought eggs. My name is B, yeah, yeah, and I brought whatever. And yeah. he said, my name is Agent. Yeah. You know that game I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, Ray! Yes. Who am I? Ray! But all Poe did the entire time was just yell Ray. Um, all Poe We have to go! I wrote, I feel like I should just read some of my notes. Um, <laughs> Please. Poe is Chandler Bing now, question mark? Yeah. Well, only Poe Dameron. Relief. Correct. And it, with his weird love storyline. And just like, they just made him to be kind of like the foil and the downer to everybody. Yeah. And then Finn was just the one doing a bunch of dumb shit for love. He was Rachel or Ross. <laughs> um, John Boyega is just there to yell Ray. Yep. Um, she's fucking Neo? You said that at one point. Yes, when they do the slow motion and she, yeah. And my comment was that Jedi are not supposed to be superheroes. They're supposed to be... Correct. They're supposed to be sensitive to the force of life all around us. They're not supposed to like be literal superheroes. Yeah, and no. They tried to make it like a superhero movie to some yeah. extent. Yeah, when um, they're just fucking holding up ships with her... Yeah. With her bare hands. I wrote, the tone is all wrong. It feels like the Deathly Hallows or Raiders... It did feel like the Deathly Hallows. It was just camping in the, the camp. The whole movie was the camping scene. It was. Um, and also uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark as well. Okay, yeah. Um, Killing Eve was another thing I found it similar to. They like Jody Comer made a nice of, appearance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they kind of wanted to kill each other, but they kept... Ray and... Ray and Correct. Um, Ben. Ben. Like, kind of wanted to kill each other and then saved each other over and over again. Yeah. And also Kylo Ren trying to beat Prince Zuko was another note that I wrote from Avatar The Last Airbender. They also pulled from Avatar with, um, like, the the past Jedi spirits are in you. Yes. Which they... How could they not use that the whole rest of the movie? Oh, I know. And then just that one part. Um, On the list of positives? I also wrote... Was his name Babu? Fucking there for Babu. Oh, yeah. It's oh, my oldest friend. <laughs> oh, that scene was so great. And then my favorite part of the movie was when the chick, Felicity, Huff, Felicity, um, came with her ship. 
and Babu showed up. I just wrote, I just put my fist in the air. Babu! <laughs> that was the only part of the movie that was worth it for me. Um, Babu! I wrote that that they, they did a very, like, Voldemort Dementor kind of thing at the uh-huh. end with the Emperor. And that they had Harry Potter, like, resurrection storyline. Yes. And also a Lord of the Rings Frodo kind of ending at the end. Where yeah. he just, like, rides off into the sunset with a it boat. It was just and like, person. here's, we studied all finales. And here's what we, here's what the algorithm came up with. That's what it felt like. Was, like, let's take all these other movies and pull a bunch of stuff so that nothing feels original at all. Right. Um, I didn't understand why we needed a, a new big bad. I didn't understand anything about Exegol. The concept no. of it, or the aesthetic of it, or anything—I don't get it. No, well, how was it was the, just I a like, really like intimidating it, thing to say. How was it there? What was the point of it? How like they didn't answer any questions about it. It just showed up to be a, an enemy. Yeah, like a scary. They were like, Mexico. we need a scary backdrop. Like yeah. AI. What's the what's the scariest combo of combination letters? of letters? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then. I didn't get that. I didn't understand the disciples thing. Like, were they really there? Or were they spirits? They were all like, (laughs) (laughs) like, what are, I don't understand. That was the funny That was the funny bit about one of the the videos you showed with the disciples part of it. He was like, practice. (laughs) No, you're off key, Kevin. And then like the good tropes didn't even work. No. Like sometimes if there's like bad tropes or like the, the villain doesn't make any sense, like I still can get like the emotional climaxes. It did not work for me this time. Like the the time when like all the ships showed up to to, to join no. in, way too obvious. Even for me, who's such a sucker for like they came to help us, kind yeah. of. No, it no. didn't even work for me. Um, and all of these like themes of like friendship and redemption, like spirit, like the real victory was the friendships we made oh along the way. God. Like it was just so. Bad. How embarrassing is it so that that's bad. Carrie Fisher's send-off, too? Yeah. How do they not look ahead to their script for number three and say, she deep she deep particleizes in number two, correct? Yeah. That should have been her ending. All of the on-land stuff was terrible. The entire movie felt like the B-plot from the second movie on the casino land, where it's like, what is this mission? Where the hell are they? Why does any yeah. of this matter? And, like, nothing... None of it worked. The bad stuff didn't work, and the good stuff didn't work. Like, the inspirational speeches, and, like, that stuff didn't really work. And then the bad guys didn't work either. You can't... If you want it to feel like a trilogy, you can't introduce a new big bad halfway through the third movie and then make the emotional climax of the trilogy based on that villain. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. And, I mean, they did have a good Ray and Ben fight scene. Yeah. Again. But that can't be the only thing I like about two movies in a row. Is yeah. one fight scene with two of the No, people. I think that's the only positive thing to come out of this, this trilogy is the way they weaved Kylo Ren, who presents on screen as just Darth Vader. And then I think his character was probably the only interesting one in the but whole But did series. he re- deserve the redemption arc that he got? He, it seemed like a classic, no. like he did one good thing. and that Yeah, no, that's what the parody video said. It was like, oh, you're forgiven for all that terrible stuff because you made one sacrifice at the end. Because you're a white dude and we need yeah. you to have a redemption arc. Yeah. Like, Oh, man. And yeah, Rose had, what, two lines? They like said, right. I don't even care about her. Like she was never like my favorite character or anything. No, Charlie from Lost got more screen time, I think. Actually, um, but like kind of like the the term like queer baiting. I feel like they like diverse diverse, diverse baited, baited. Yeah. Uh, in terms of putting in another female yeah. character who's uh, not a white character for yeah. once, not like the same petite brunette white girl that's in like every single trilogy. Yeah. Um, and then they just like completely swept her under the rug in the third one. And then same thing with John Boyega. Like all of the diverse oh, characters. Man. Finn could have been such a cool character. They kind of threw in like a black friend for him who also used to be a stormtrooper. But they never right. really got into like it would have been so interesting to get into what type of are they do they only take like marginalized kids because no one's gonna know. You're talking about like gone? the the Lando storyline when he finds his daughter but tries to hit on her as well. Yeah, I'm talking about the, the weird space horses. Yeah. Like, I'm saying, like, they... Gravity-defying space horses. They, they did not do anything with... They had, they had an ex-stormtrooper who was also a person of Correct. color. And did nothing with Man. him for a three-series. And nothing with this idea of, like, 
what, t- what, how do they become stormtroopers? And yeah. like, they did nothing with that. They could have had such a cool arc with that. <sighs> Poe po was interesting. He was like this resistance fighter pilot, right. uh, amazing pilot. And then they just turn him into. He becomes into, a general or something. They and turn him like, into a Latino drug smuggler. smuggler. Yeah, That's the best you could do. Spice, yeah. Is take the Latino character and make him a drug smuggler. Really? That's true. Like, yeah, I just feel like they like there needs to be a better term. But they like diverse baited people of like yeah. look at all these characters with all this representation, and then they just like destroy either destroy their storylines or just give them no good storylines. Tokenized mm. and in favor of like all these really bad tropes. Any other notes you had? I think that was pretty much it. I was just looking them over. Man, it was just not good. And people told me it was this not is a good. Very downer of a podcast. Yeah, I guess. I, I didn't mean to sound so whiny. I just, all my notes were like negative stuff or jokes about it. I just meant in general, overall, like I've been very grateful for our situation here in quarantine and I've been extremely happy most of the time. Not that I haven't gotten stir crazy and cabin fever at times. Um, but pop culture is just not, not meeting my expectations right now. Yeah, and I think maybe that's because we all are relying on it a little bit more to get us through the day. Like, that's yes. the only thing you have to look forward to. Yep. You can't go out and see a movie, so you don't get the fun experience of it. Yep. You don't have, like, the social aspect of watching a movie with friends or, or something. Yep. So it's the kind of all we have to, of the outside world right now. But movies and TV, you know, run a few months behind their production schedule. So we haven't even gotten to, like, the desert the of desert. nothing. Yeah. That's when we're really oh, going to go back into some of these. We have upcoming some. Uh, a few things saved up. Heather makes Bennett watch shit he won't like movies uh-huh. uh, coming up, I think. Oh, man. We got a couple of good we ones. We can't do Selena right now. No, I'm saving it. I'd like um, to do a good 10 minutes on Selena right now. <laughs> uh, so we have some interesting ones coming up, and this is like the perfect time, I think. Esun bra. Esun bra. Uh, I think this is the perfect time to watch some backlist. Back a little bit. Yeah. Mm. And uh, it also gives us some time to read some books, hopefully, that we can talk about, because mostly we have TV and movies coming up. Um, and if our baby ever decides to take a nap, we may podcast again someday. Yeah, or have a normal bedtime. Um, do you want to talk about some upcoming things? I have a few things. Me, nothing. Okay. Um, some. What about books that you're... Are there any books that you want to read? Uh, that are Gotta decide what to do about Max Berry's. I think it's out by now. It's like the last week of March. Oh, am I getting... I'm not supposed to buy anything. Oh, I'm ruining a birthday gift. I, that's what I was going to buy you for it your birthday. It better be autographed again. I don't know if I can arrange that. There's <laughs> no one in this country, same country as us I was going to say, it's a little easier shipping down the road in South Yara. Yeah, um, but I was going to buy his book for you if you want it. Done. If you don't want to wait for your birthday. Well, it's only a couple weeks now. By the time things ship, it'll probably be. No, I've got enough early birthday gifts. You don't need Seriously, to give me any more. We have, like... We could talk about that the next time, maybe. Sure. Um... So other books, I don't think I I have a few on my to read list, but I'm like so slow with books that I'm trying not to get too excited about any books that are coming out because it's gonna take me a while to finish Overstory and I've got quite a few other ones that I'm working on. So I'm just grateful because my wonderful wife gave me a haircut today. Life is good. Not my favorite quarantine activity, but here we are. Um, All right, I'll go fast, buddy. Things that I'm looking forward to watching that are new media. Yeah. Normal People, based on Sally Rooney's Sorry. book. You haven't I've, been inspired to read the book, though. Um, it's never really jumped out at me as something I would like, but I've heard good things about the series so far. Uh-huh. Um, Love, Victor on Hulu, the Love, Simon thing. Okay. So many different changes about it. It was supposed to be Disney+, Plus, and then it wasn't a family-friendly... Wait, it's in the in the universe of Love, Simon, or not? I think so. I can't oh, tell Becky Albertall. She's also releasing another novella in that same Shocking. universe, even though she keeps saying she's done. Shocking. I'm not sure if it's a remake or a side story. Okay. We'll have to see. But the people are upset because they're releasing it episode by episode as if it's on TV. Okay. And people are like, we're in the goddamn quarantine. Just yeah. give us the whole season. Like, there's never been more of a time that people have more time to binge. Yeah. Um, and Never Have I Ever is the Mindy Kaling like, coming of age one. Uh-huh. Okay, buddy, I'll go faster. Um, <laughs> Lightning Av- round. Avatar The Last Airbender is finally coming to Netflix so we can rewatch it. Rewatch it? Ugh. You don't have to. I'm still working my way through Steven the Universe as well, and I know you hate that the one. The movie's the only canon thing for me in Airbender. Um, Beauty and the Beast prequel series? What? I have no idea what that means because I didn't Has write there ever been that? a movie that. I guess it could use a prequel. I don't know. Of the Beast prequel, maybe? Of how right. he got turned into what he does? Um, 
Secret Society of Second Born Royals is like a very shitty thing that's going to be on Disney Plus that I'll probably watch. Uh-huh. Um, there's going to be a Discworld TV adaptation. Okay. That seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, it's like the most extent- expanded <laughs> universe of any book yeah. series ever. I've only ever read one, but I liked it a lot more than I thought, so yeah. I should probably go back to it sometime. But I'm sure I can get them like for cheap on Kindle. Yeah. Um, and then Taika Waititi is doing a Willy Wonka version on Netflix. Okay. I don't know that there Did really needs to be another Willy Wonka, <laughs> but you know that I'm interested in Taika Waititi's To me, there's just the original and the Family Guy beer episode. There's nothing That's else. It. Those are the only canon things for me. Okay. You didn't care I about think, canon. I think the the and... Should be canon? And cannonballs. I thought it was going to be and war is bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think our third host uh, needs some attention, Ooh. so we... Thank you for putting up with the background noises, people. Yeah. Um... We basically got through everything we wanted to talk about, I think. And we don't have any advertisers because in this in these uncertain times... is Are these unprecedented times or are they precedented? I just, yeah, I said this the other day to you. I, I can't wait till this is all over. I'm just going to go around saying, in these certain times, in these precedented times... Yes, everything is precedented. <laughs> everything has happened before. It's not unprecedented. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it for now. Um, we... You know, we hope you're staying safe. We don't mean to make light of the quarantine or the tough situation people are in, but I also think everyone's a little sick of over, um, over talking and overthinking about coronavirus and everything. So rollerbladers are bad. That was the day I stopped watching CNN cable news. Yeah. yeah, was Jake Tapper going? There's people outside. Now, granted, this was like a week after like. The NBA got canceled and everything, but and it was like... like the, the fact that people are, like, on beaches and, like, packed yes. into parks right now is a problem. But, like, yeah. going for a walk outside by yourself when they're, like, people are together. It's like yeah. people live with more than one person Correct. in their homes. This episode is dedicated to Sanjay Gupta. I hope I hope he's sleeping somewhere. That man was on TV for, like, 14 days straight. Yeah, I'm sure he's on TV right now Probably. if we were to turn it on. Um, so stay safe with your families. Hopefully this made you giggle a little bit or just forget about everything that's going on because you disagree with us so vehemently about yep, Star Wars. That's a valid opinion. Uh, so thanks it's for wrong, listening. but it's valid. Uh, feel free to send in some comments, and next time we podcast, we'll do like Mailing. a mailbag. Uh, you can always check us out on Twitter at ddgetdown uh, or uh, Instagram at book digits. Instagram at book digits. Yeah. Uh, follow us on there tell us what you're reading mm-hmm. just tell just tell us anything honestly we'll put it on our podcast mm. all right thanks for listening adios bye